Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage the issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cyber Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Live from the Cyber Institute, the podcast from ACU Cyber Institute for Church Ministry. My name is David Kneipp, and I'm the Associate Director here in the Cyber Institute, and I have the pleasure today of visiting with Kaylee Eif, who is the director of a ministry called Lavish Hope that you're going to get to hear about today. Welcome, Kaylee. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I am excited about it. I have known uh, you and, and at least different parts of your family for a long time, and I'm really excited uh, that you are leading Lavish Hope now and excited to be able to share uh, some of this with our audience. Uh, so we're going to talk more about you in a moment, uh, but uh, let's kind of get right to it in terms of talking about this ministry. Lavish Hope is a relatively new ministry, and mm-hmm. after it got started, we ran into a little thing called a COVID pandemic, which distracted a lot of us. Um, so I, I suspect that a lot of our audience members haven't heard of Lavish Hope yet. So uh, tell us about Lavish Hope, what it is, how it got started, et cetera. Lavish Hope started in uh, 2018 was the first retreat, but actually the idea for it started, I believe in 2015, Okay, um, there was a gathering in Dallas called The Initiative, mm-hmm. and um, it's run by our sponsored Hope Network is one of the main sponsors. And so um, Heather Hodges was there. She was working on her doctorate of ministry. She's also married to a preacher. And so she was there and talking with some of the men there who were saying, we wish there was something like this for our wives because we enjoy getting together so much. Mm -hmm. So Hope Network and along with Heather Hodges and some some other women, but really Heather led led this. um, They developed a survey. They reached out to wives of, um, I believe, the men who went to 2016's The Initiative. And they asked a lot of questions and said, um, you know, what are some of the needs out there? What are some different things? And just found out that a lot of preacher's wives were uh, lonely and were feeling isolated and felt like um, they weren't necessarily uh, seen maybe by by their churches. And so um, so anyway, as they as Heather gathered a team to work on what should we do, and they came up with this idea of Lavish Hope. And Lavish Hope is a retreat for ministers' wives, but we don't do just one retreat. We do three retreats with right. the same group. So it's a cohort, um, a group of women who go through three retreats together in 12 months. And it's really beautiful because of the relationships that are formed, the encouragement. I think that they get through the retreats. Um, and the encouragement that they get through the retreats. And so um, we started, we had the first retreat was in 2018, finished 2019. I was a part of that. I was one of the women in the cohort. Mm. And then I was asked to be the director and I started in the fall of 2019. So as we all know, uh, with the pandemic in 2020, it made it hard to, we had to take a long break, (laughs) you know, because our retreats are not, really zoom friendly. We did zoom during 2020, but you couldn't have a real retreat. So 
so we are just now on our third cohort. We'll be finishing our third cohort in March of next year, March of 2024. Yeah. So this, this idea of ministering to ministers wise, like you said, I mean, it's one of those, Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of our audience members, when we think about it, it, when we we pause to think about it, which may be the challenge, right? Uh, (laughs) Right. Just that, that recognition that so often ministers wives are, whether they're kind of officially active, unofficially active in this or that ministry, um, it's just Mm -hmm. really easy for us to take our ministers wives, minister spouses in, uh, in general, but ministers wives specifically mm-hmm. uh, to just take them for granted. And so uh, this way of trying to support, encourage, nourish people who do so much of that uh, on their own time and often not on the payroll uh, is just such a great idea yeah. uh, to me. Now, you, you said when you were talking about Heather, you said she is also a minister's wife because you know uh, whereof you speak. That is part of your story as well. <laughs> All right. So I think that will help our audience kind of know more about you and your own life and background in the context of this ministry. So uh, if you don't mind, I know this, you know, for some folks, that's not their favorite thing in the world. Tell us about yourself, life, ministry, family, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I'm married to Carl Ife, who um, he has been a paid minister since 2000. Um, And so probably a lot of times I'll say we'll be doing, we've done ministry, which is what I have found through Lavish Hope. That is how most ministers' wives speak. Um, at least in our tradition is, uh, is it feels like we've done it, even though it's, it's his job, <laughs> you know, it's definitely right. his job and he's definitely doing the bulk of the work, but, uh, he, we started in Austin in, in 2000 doing campus ministry work with uh, university Avenue church of Christ and did that through 2012. And then he's been at Broadway Church of Christ since then. So we've been here almost, uh, it'll be 12 years next August. And he's the pulpit minister uh, and senior minister at Broadway. Um, I also just, I was a preacher's kid. So Mm. I kind of know that I know what it's like to be in a ministry family from several angles. My dad preached part-time at different churches uh, almost my whole life growing up. And it was also, my parents were missionaries for three years in, in Italy. And then on, on top of that, and I think this just adds the element of knowing, um, kind of knowing what it's like to live a little bit in a fishbowl, which is sometimes, not always, but sometimes how a ministry family can feel. Sure. Um, my, my dad worked at a school in Dallas called Dallas Christian mm-hmm. uh, for years. That was really, um, he did that for a long time. Also, my grandmother worked there. I had an uncle who worked there, an aunt who worked there. <laughs> so there was, a, you know, there was definitely a feeling of, um, and my dad was a principal. So, you know, it was, it was definitely like, I think that environment was also somewhat similar to the ministry, you know, how, how people might perceive you or think of you as a preacher's kid was also there as the principal's kid. Yeah, <laughs> or well- when kids would say, your grandmother, talk to my mom last night, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. It's always, yeah. Yeah. Always interesting. Know, in some ways, I feel like you're describing two slightly separate phenomena, but there's ones that overlap so much. You know, one is the, you mentioned the fishbowl phenomenon, which mm-hmm. I think sometimes can happen in slightly larger churches because they're big enough that it's hard to know each other well. And so a yeah. family can feel sort of on display in smaller churches. There's the thing where, well, we know each other well, 
but there's this multi-generational and the circles overlap and you're the preacher at my church and you're also the leader mm-hmm. of the boys and girls club that I go to and we're neighbors. And, <laughs> and, and so that, that creates a yeah. difference. So, you know, and of course in both of these, there's opportunities, right. but it also creates challenges yeah. um, just for relationships. I think you're exactly right. You know, we, um, we really love living in Lubbock. It's a, it's a great place. I grew up in Dallas. Um, my husband grew up in San Antonio. So very the big cities are very different. Here, we definitely experience a lot of what you're talking about, where, um, you know, the, the people we go to church with are, of, I think this happens in most churches. The people we go to church with are also our friends. Some are also mm-hmm. maybe kind of Carl's boss, because we're at the age now where some of our friends are elders, you know. And right. then, um, and then our, you know, we may be on a board with some of them or, do, you know, there's all these different levels, um, in the, also in the city. So yeah, lots of overlapping, lots of overlapping circles, yeah. um, which yeah. has a lot of beauty and sometimes is, you know, is, um, there's, just, it's, it can also be complicated at times, even though yeah. we've found a lot of joy in it, but there can be complications in it also sometimes. Sure. No, that's what I've gotten for for several years. I've had opportunities to uh, participate in training new faculty when they come to ACU. And mm-hmm. one of the things I talk with them about is just, you know, what does it mean that ACU yeah. is a Christian university? But how does our size and our heritage and how does all that play together? And, you know, that's one of the things we talk about. You know, what do you do when, for example, the chair of your department is an elder at your church? Yeah. And you, you like that person as the chair, but as the elder, they just participated in firing your preacher or right. the other way around. You like him as an elder, but you're mad at him as a chair because they just had to let somebody go because of a budget situation or whatever. Uh, and it just, it just creates challenges and yeah. there's really yeah. no, no way to deal with it other than just to walk through it. Right. But, um, it can create, create difficulties. Yeah. And it, I think it is helpful when you can be around other people who understand what that's, you know, what that's like. I think mm-hmm. obviously in a, in a Christian university environment, that's a, I think that's a pretty common feeling in a church environment that can be um, a pretty common feeling, you know, but then there's a lot of people in the world that probably that might not be as much of a, you know, as much of something right. that they deal with. So um so it's helpful when you can have a community around you, which is one of the things about Lavish Hope that we really love is that it helps uh, women find people who are walking through similar circumstances. It just creates a safe place. Yeah. Well, because uh, when you're dealing with those multiple relationships, in some ways, it can be handy to be the person who's the official person. Uh, you know, so your husband, mm-hmm. Carl, he he not only is in the pulpit in the elders meetings, but he's also doing a variety of other ministry tasks. Whereas the wife, the children, they don't necessarily have that. And so people may feel like they only see them at church or in this kind of context. Mm -hmm. And so there there's less being known. It seems to me that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I want to come, come back and let you talk more about that. One of the things I do at, at ACU is teach church history And in teaching church history, especially in the modern world, of course, this is a time that just new ministries have exploded, you know, all sorts of Mm -hmm. things, whether it's to kids, whether it's to college students, Mm -hmm. inner cities, whatever, you know, and of course, usually those get started because somebody feels like there's a need, this isn't being met, we need to do something. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've already said something about this, like if if you were, let's say, trying to do some fundraising, you know, what would be like your elevator pitch of, 
what's the need and what are what is Lavish Hope trying to help with? Well, I think I'm not great at elevator pitches, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm long-winded. But um I should I should I shouldn't have said that to mean talk short. Talk as long as you want okay. to. Um I you know, I think the the need one of the needs one of the biggest needs probably for ministry wives is connection with other ministry wives. And I think I think a lot of times connection to women who are in a similar uh position that they're in. And so that's why right now with Lavish Hope, it's um, we've, we've only done it so far for preacher's wives. We'd like to open it up and do it for wives of other ministers um, also. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times what's expected, for instance, I think with youth ministry wives, a lot is often expected of them. You know, if their husband is the youth yep. minister, there's a lot of expectation on them, but it's a little different than what the expectation is on me. Um, and so, so I think finding a community of people is it that can form kind of a support network is just, is just a big deal. And there's just a common language that gets spoken. You know, there's, um, we all understand when we're together, we all understand what it's like to go on, on an interview with our husbands for, for their jobs, mm-hmm. you know, like, we all understand what it's like to know, like for certain holidays, we don't, we don't get to be like, we're going to be gone for two, you know, for two weeks around Christmas, yeah. or we're going to be gone for Easter. You know, we all, we all know what that's like. And, and we're, so we're able to just, um, just, just to be able to relate to each other, I think is a huge, a huge part of it. Um, I think another, you know, another need is just, is to help, um, to help ministry wives feel seen and appreciated for who they are, uh, not just as for who they're married to. Um, and so we do a mm-hmm. lot of things to try to, uh, to, to try to help women know they're, they're important on their own and give churches a way to do that. Um, also, um, I think, well, it's interesting because I did look for some research. I thought, I, you know, we see these things in Lavish Hope. Um, is there research out there? And it, it's not mm-hmm. surprising. There's not a ton of research on this, but there is some research. And all the research confirms um, what we're what we see in Lavish Hope. And specifically, uh, there was a man named Daryl. There is a man named Daryl J. Potts, and he did a, a study yeah. actually in Australia in Christian churches. Okay. And it's so interesting because he also found uh, that, uh, that he said 20% of the wives of ministers there experienced loneliness and felt like they had a high number of things that they just couldn't talk about. And so, uh, mm-hmm. so again, we're trying to help provide a place for people, for women to be able to talk and share um, and, and just find, uh, just have a safe place, to, a safe place to be. Um, also, you know, another kind of a side note is that in the last few years, I think the trend is slowing, but I think that um, a number, we've had a lot of ministers quit and not just in our tradition, but also in just the general, in just the general church. Barna found, and this was in 2022, so it's a little bit older, but that 42% of pastors had considered quitting full-time ministry positions. Um, and yeah. one of the, one of the top, well, one of the top five reasons is because of the effect that it has on their family. 
And so mm. one of the things that we're trying to do too is, is just as we help, as we help women and we help, um, help them find connection points, then it, you know, if, um, cause I don't think if, if the main reason for, um, or one of the reasons for people leaving ministry is because of the effect it has on their family, then what we can do to help in that situation, you know, is good. I'm not saying that we can, we can always help that, but sometimes just finding someone to talk to, uh, to, to help is a big, um, can, can help, you know, finding strategies. We talk about a lot of things at Lavish Hope. We talk about things like, um, what do you, you know, how, what do you, how do you raise faithful kids? How do you, Mm. you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? What about this? What about that? And just help provide, well, we're not teaching. These are just organic questions, organic discussions. I would, this may not be the appropriate time for it, but I should probably say things were not because I did find out that some people thought that we uh, were going to teach people how to be good ministers wives. That is not what we are doing. Ah, (laughs) We are not, we are not teaching anyone how to do something. (laughs) We are providing support and, and encouragement. You know, I think the other thing is a lot of ministers wives are so tired. They're just worn out. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of women in the, you know, who are moms. And I mean, that's a common, that's a common need across the board. Um, but in, for our case, we're helping, we're helping ministers wives and we're helping provide them with rest and, uh, spiritual nourishment and physical nourishment with good food and all, um, and all of those things. We provide, uh, focused prayer times and a lot of things like that to help, um, just to help women have space to, to worship and kind of be free on their own and in their own, yeah. in their own space. So, well, you're kind of anticipating the next thing I wanted to ask you, like mm-hmm. you've said a lot of words yeah. that are connected with relationship mm-hmm. and that makes a ton of sense, but I feel like it may be an undertone and I'm, this may be colored by things that I've, I've heard or seen mm-hmm. uh, about lavish hope in the past, that there's a lot there that's about nourishment. Yes. Um, trying to, fill up an empty tank, mm-hmm. trying to nourish a hungry soul, whatever, however we would want to say that. Um, do you mind telling us, I, and if there are, if there are secrets, you know, we know this may be right. like a sorority, <laughs> there, may, there may be secrets that we don't want to reveal, but are, are there things that you can tell us about? Like, like, what do you do? H- how do yeah. you try to support one another? Yes. Well, we, yes, you're right. We do a lot of, we try to do a lot of nourishment. So one of the things we, we take care of all the details so they don't have to worry about, uh, worry about how do I get there? We find if they're flying, we find their flight. Some of them choose to drive and we cover the, um, we cover the mileage. It's all, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's everything's provided so they don't have to pay. And then they get really good food. We really focus on good food. We're working on not overbuying food because we didn't have way too much food, but, um, but they get, they get good food um, and we provide uh, they, if they want, they can have a massage while they're with us. They can get a pedicure while they're with us. So some things like that, which I'll tell you when I was, when I was asked to be a part of the retreat, I think there are, 
there's a lot of ministers wives and I was one that, that just, I, that's not something I ever had, you know? So I was like, well, I don't need that. I think there's a lot of this that feels frivolous sometimes, you know? And so you think I don't need that. But then when you get that massage, you're like, Oh, this is really, really, really nice. Um, and so I imagine, I imagine for a lot of ministers wives, I mean, this is a, a, not overused. It's a highly used term right now. I imagine self-care is really hard just yeah. because you're constantly caring for or expected to be caring for others. And so right. something that is extravagant or can feel yes. extravagant and tip over from necessary and good and helpful, like you said, to feeling frivolous and unnecessary. Right. But then when it's received, it can be just such a blessing. Yes, I think that's exactly right. I think there's a lot of uh, guilt for some of, you know, for some ministers' wives, definitely just having the funds to do something like that mm-hmm. may feel impossible. Sure. Um, I think that's, that applies to a lot of, a lot of women. Um, but also, even if there are maybe some funds to do it, then it feels like, well, is that wasteful to, to do that on myself? Right. I should give the money to other people, you know? So I think, um, so anyway, that's one of the ways we provide nourishment. And then we also, this, this is, we have a piece. I, I said, we don't teach people how to be ministers wives and we don't do that. We do have a teaching piece and that's on the Enneagram. We have uh, Dr. Chelsea mm-hmm. Sargent speaks to us mm-hmm. on the Enneagram and she is amazing. And before her, we had Risa Higgins and before her, we had Heather Hodges who, uh, who taught on the Enneagram. And they've all been certified Enneagram teachers. And I know some people, when they hear that, if you don't know what the Enneagram is, but you've just heard of it, it may sound kind of, you know, I think there's can be suspicion out there about it, but it's a tool to help Mm -hmm. us better understand ourselves and understand other people and to have compassion for ourselves and have compassion on others. And so, um, so Chelsea does a fantastic job of teaching that and, uh, we all only encountered really positive reactions to, to that teaching mm-hmm. time. So, um, so we, so that's one of the things we do. We also do offer some other things that are surprises. So I can't, can't reveal them, okay. <laughs> but we, uh, another part of uh, the nourish nourishment part, I think is um, we provide opportunities for churches to show how they appreciate uh, the women who are coming. Mm-hmm. So for instance, one thing we haven't talked about that all that all fit in here is when we when we have a woman come, the church is paying her part for coming. And so okay. so that is so that is one piece of helping the the women feel seen. We always um the women are always very appreciative of churches um churches paying, I mean, paying for them to come. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, we offer some other ways that churches are able to express appreciation and help women feel seen. Because I think a lot of times churches do really appreciate the minister's wives. It just never occurs to people that she doesn't know that, (laughs) you know, Um, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I like her. Surely she knows I like her. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But yeah. We yeah. all remember middle school. There's no guarantee <laughs> that right. I pick up the messages somebody else is laying down. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, just like with any, like all, I think most people, we tend to elevate the negative in our head. So you could have 
yeah. 10 people say, we really appreciate what you're doing. And then you have one or two people who really criticize you. And the, the thing that lives in your head is the, yep. is the, is the critical thing because people do often feel like they can say a lot of things to their minister or to their minister's wife. You know, I don't know why, right. but yep. <laughs> it's just kind of a feeling, I guess, that people have that you belong to us. And so uh, we can, yeah. you know, yeah. I use you as a vent. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what, one of the things I'm, I'm appreciating just as I'm listening to you is that I feel like there's a lot of both ends going on, like mm-hmm. just the experience of a retreat and multiple retreats, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be so helpful just at that kind of personal level. But also, of course, there's a lot of this that's relational. Um, you mentioned having, uh, you know, the people that are at the retreat are people who are going to be minister's wives. So there's going to be a lot of people that that are like me, that are in my same situation, but there's also the support that comes from the people back home. Um, mm-hmm. You've talked about things that are nourishing to the body, but also things nourishing to the soul, right? Worship mm-hmm. and prayer and mm-hmm. uh, teaching and whatnot. So just it, like you haven't said we're trying to be holistic, but it sounds to me like you are Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. And I, I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I think we are trying to be holistic. And then I guess the one other element I haven't talked about as much is that we have caregivers who come and our team mm. has it has varied a little bit because it is a time consuming um, thing. But our caregivers like right now, I, I'm considered a caregiver. I'm the director, but also a caregiver. And then Chelsea Sargent, who does our Enneagram teaching, is also a caregiver. And then we have our current team includes also Annette Sharp, who um, her she and her husband did ministry for decades, um, (laughs) decades and decades. Yeah. And she's absolutely, she's just amazing and very intentional with planning, um, our, our prayer times and, uh, worship times. Um, and then we have Karen Heflin who's married to Houston, who, uh, who you work Mm -hmm. with. And she has, she's actually our one founding member who's still with us and, um, has just been an amazing, um, amazing support to, to the whole program, to, to all the women, um, and, and has provided a lot of creativity uh, for our team and our team will, you know, like I said, we'll have people step on and step off, but the caregivers help plan the retreat. And then we're there, uh, with, you know, with everyone. Um, and it, and so our goal is always to have mature experienced women who are gifted in ministry to be a to be there along with the women. Um, and that way you just, you have people who are ready to listen and to, to give advice if needed, or just to, just to listen, you know, and just, just to be there. So, so that's another part of our, of, of a huge part of our retreats is having the caregivers yeah. there. No, that's right. And, and like I said, I mean, all of those folks are people who are ministry wives themselves, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, past and present. And so, mm-hmm. that, you know, they are, it's not just that you're with people who are in that position, but there are these professionals who are sort of coming down to be with the common people or whatever, but it's the caregivers and the people in your mm-hmm. cohort are all ministry wives. Yeah. Um, well, you, you mentioned goals and we're kind of coming, coming toward mm-hmm. the end of the time here. Um, but before we we get to the end, I want to hear some about just thoughts that y'all have had about the future. Um, you know, probably no ministry will ever have unlimited resources, but like, <laughs> right. let's say somebody won a lottery and said, I want to give Lavish Hope a whole bunch of money 
what would you say like, man, this would be like the big dream. It would be amazing if we could do blank one day. What do you think that might be? Would it be more people? Would it be bigger? Would it be more often? Would it be different? What do you think? I think I, I don't think it would be be one bigger retreat because we love the intimacy of the mm-hmm. we usually we like we like to have around eight women. We've had more and we've had less, okay. but eight women is a really good fit. But I would love to be able to do it all over the country so that women are traveling within their region. And right now all the retreats are in Dallas, which is which is great. And we've had people come from as far as Seattle to come on our retreats. Um, but it would be probably nice for them if they didn't have to travel so far, you know? So I would love to have sure. like a Northwest, a, you know, Midwest. I mean, just to do it all over the country and to have multiple mm-hmm. sets of caregivers um, and to be able to help a lot of different ministry wives and not just help preachers' wives. Then along with that, I would love to provide scholarships for women to come whose churches can't, can't pay. You know, we have seen, Churches pay in lots of different ways. Sometimes it comes from the budget, but a lot of times it's raised money raised by members of the church mm. or, you know, um, and that's, it's, it's been fun. It's really only been with this cohort that I've seen more of how that's done. And um, it's really neat to see the way that love expresses itself through people giving generously or uh, raising the money, you know, but, um, but I would love it if we could have, we could have a scholarship fund for women to be able to come on the retreats. No, I know that would be wonderful. It's one of the things that is both uh, encouraging and exciting and also intimidating in my work with the Cyber Institute is just how many churches there are out there. And yeah. not every church has a full-time right. minister. Mm-hmm. Of course, many churches have, have multiple full-time ministers, but if there's that many churches there's that many ministers out there and yeah. there's not a hundred percent, but there's going to be a pretty significant percentage of those ministers who are married men, which means they're wives. And so mm-hmm. just that need is so great. Um, and I love that you guys are doing it and it'd be fantastic to see this just grow and expand and um, it would be amazing. So, uh, you know, in our heritage, we have kind of a complicated relationship with gambling, but if people are buying lottery <laughs> tickets, right, right? Lavish Hope is a ministry that they might remember uh, in a situation like that. That's right. Um, so so speaking of that, um, if people are, are listening to you and they are getting excited, uh, what are some ways that they can get involved? I mean, th- to me, this is uh, such a compelling vision and idea about ministry. And if, if our audience members are sharing that excitement, what are some options mm-hmm. of things that they can do to help? Well, of course they can, they can donate. We don't need, you don't have to win the lottery yeah. to donate <laughs> any, any, no That's amount right. is too small. So we have a website, lavishhope.org and, um, and okay. it's part of the Hope Network uh, website. And so there's places there where they can donate. There's also places that they can uh, email me and places they can ask uh, for, for more information. Um, so another piece on that would be, if, if you are an elder or a church leader, please, uh, I would love for a group of elders to offer this. The, really, I think the original dream was that a group of elders would offer this as a gift to, mm-hmm. um, to a minister's wife to say, we would like to send you on this. The way it's practically ended up working is more... Um, that does happen, but it starts with me reaching out to usually uh, the usually the minister and talking to him and mm. saying, you know, 
would, do you think your wife would like to come? Do you think the elders might be willing to pay for this? You know, and then he talks to them and then, and you know, it's kind of a long process, but it would be so great if, um, if a group of elders could say, we, this is a gift we'd like to give her. Um, and then another thing would be, um, would be if you are a minister or you are a minister's wife, please reach out to me and don't be afraid of, of the money part. Because what I have found, again, I think most churches are willing to find the money to do this. Um, although people like me are, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the ones, like when I was first asked, would you want to do this? I said, yeah, but I don't know that my church is going to pay for that. Mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> And I don't have the money to right. pay for that. And so it felt very overwhelming, but they were very willing to try to come up with the money to pay for it. And I think we underestimate uh, how much, you know, how much churches do want to, to bless ministry mm-hmm. wives. They just haven't thought of it. You know, it just hasn't occurred to them. So if you are listening yeah. to this and you think that sounds great. Um, the other, I guess, this is a side note, but a lot of women, this, I think when they first hear about the retreat, it sounds very scary to them. And we always notice on the first retreat, everyone comes nervous, but I promise by the second mm. retreat, everyone is super excited, <laughs> you know? So mm. don't, don't be afraid. We would love, we would love to have you. And I think you would, you would love it. Well, that's great. Well, and I'll, I'll add my encouragement to our audience members um, especially for those that are uh, males like me, or maybe those that are in ministry, this is one of those opportunities for empathy. Because, right, if if the setup of the ministry is that we're going to ask the church to pay for it, right? Imagine either your own wife or the, the the ministry wife that you know, right? How difficult it would be for her to go to her eldership and say here's a thing for me, would you pay for it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it would only be a little less uh, challenging for the minister to go to bat for mm-hmm. his own wife, just because the, you know we're not asking for time, we're asking for money. And especially these days, a lot of churches are feeling yeah. that pinch. We're not sure. Um, and so if you're an elder, or if you know elders, this is one of those podcasts to pass along and let them know about it. Because I mean, as much of a blessing as it would be for a ministry wife to be able to go to Lavish Hope, how much more for an eldership of their own initiative to go to a ministry wife and say, hey, we heard about this thing. Are you interested? Because we would love to send you. That would just be fantastic. So uh, to our audience, I'm going to be a little more directive than I I (laughs) often am on these podcasts. Uh, Don't hesitate um, to reach out to the people you know, because there's, there's so much opportunity here. Uh, well, Kaylee, thank you so much. It's always good to get to visit with you. And I've loved just hearing more about Lavish Hope. Um, and you've already kind of indicated this a little bit, but give us more of the details. Um, if people want to hear more about Lavish mm-hmm. Hope, what are the ways they can connect? Website, Facebook, email? What do you what do you think is the best way? Well, they on the easiest way would probably be to go to lavishhope.org because they can find, they can email me directly from there. They can, um, okay. you know, they can also fill out a form that says, you know, I'm interested in knowing more. And so there's a button you can push and you can do that. Um, also, and I mean, my email address is Kaylee at lavishhope.org. So K-A-L-E-Y at lavishhope.org. So they can also just email me that way. Um, and, and that's, that's the best way to, to reach out to, to reach out to us right now. So, um, we don't have a huge social media presence at this, at this time, but, um, Okay. But yeah, email and website are the best, the best ways. So we would love, okay. we would love for people to reach out. 
Yes. Well, folks do do that. Lavishhope.org. Um, it is the, uh, it is December when we're recording this podcast. And so uh, it's a time that we're, uh, we're very thankful and I'm thankful to you, uh, our audience members for listening. We're wrapping up 2023. Uh, this is the year we, we began this podcast and we're grateful for all of you that have uh, been along for the ride. We're going to keep on going in 2024. Uh, I'm grateful to Kaylee and our other guests, our other interview partners, uh, let me just remind you about uh, some of the resources available um, at our own website, uh, Um, If you're in ministry, uh, we have some downloadable ministry resources. Some of them cost, but a lot of them are for free. If you go to our website, cyberinstitute.org slash downloads, um, you'll find all sorts of things and maybe relevant for this one. We have a new resource uh, for churches that are considering developing a sabbatical policy, a different kind of uh, nourishment opportunity, but one that uh, that is good. Uh, and of course, you can always access all of our podcast episodes at cyberinstitute.podbean.com. So thanks for being here, and all of you have a wonderful and blessed day. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cyber Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels, and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cyberinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.